Eric, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. So our dedicated place to have a nice chat and uh, laugh together. Yeah, thank sorry you. For my sound, Eric. Sorry for my sound. I, I want to start. Like, sorry for my sound. I am on location, as you say uh, brilliantly just before. So the sound may not be as good because I'm using my computer microphone. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes if we hear like a, if a, a little pause or if it's a glitch, or then we'll, we'll try to speak uh, very uh, uh, clearly, right? <laughs> Clearly, I'm in the mountain, you know, it's raining <laughs> hard and it's really cold. So. Okay, so um, really cool to be back on and I'm looking forward to our two-way interview, as always. Um, I love it. Where we're going back and forwards. Um, I just wanted to start off asking you, what, um, what was your last run? My last run was this morning in the rain. So I... After a few coffees, I just convinced myself to get out, to get a very cold shower. Uh, so it was an 18K. And my plan was uh, actually was not really to run an 18K. I was just saying, okay, you start and then you see how you feel because it's cold, you know. If you feel bad, if you feel cold, you will cut it short, 5K and back. And if you feel okay, just carry on, carry on having a long, slow run. And I didn't take breakfast. Oh. So if this was a strategy, no, actually. It was not a strategy. I was just feeling that I want to go now, you know, after the coffee. Yeah. And if I am eating, and this is probably going to be introducing the topic actually very well. Mm. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, was, I was saying, okay, if I'm now losing time to eat and everything, prepare the breakfast, I won't go out. Right. So it was really... Uh, I. I have to go. I have to force myself to go out and and go in and see where see how far I'll run. Um, yeah, so that was the feeling kind of thing, and eighteen uh, k. So that was my my morning. What about you then? I did uh, uh, three times four k tempo intervals uh, at the track this morning, and uh, I did have food before that because I know that if I don't eat before. Um, uh, interval set, then I uh, then I'll, I'll, I usually like hit the wall some at some point. So uh, yeah, when I did, when I do tempo runs, uh, I usually try to eat something beforehand. Um, but when, like you said, when when you go out for a long slow run, sometimes it's it's nice to just do it. Like you wake up, you get maybe a coffee or three, <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, and then and then go out and run right and then you you kind of run on what you what you ate the night before absolutely and i think i i also agree with you that this type of thing doesn't work with interval you 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 need uh, you need fuel before starting especially 4k tempos yeah yeah i think the would be absolutely useless if you do it without fuel yeah i don't think i i can manage to get through the the last rep uh, at the same pace, um, because I just uh, everything's empty, right? And, uh, so. and you will, you will probably not reach your goal, the no. workout goal. And also, I think it will be very hard after that, afterwards, to recover the muscles and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you eat? Before um, 
I ate a, uh, it was at Tanyapura, so that's, uh, they have all kinds of beautiful vegan plant-based um, treats there. So I had a vegan croissant and, uh, and a coffee. <laughs> Uh, vegan croissant is a croissant without butter and without uh, no butter, no egg. Yeah, no. yeah, and um, uh, and I had a super super green smoothie, uh, which was nice and filling. But I already had the, that one before I left home. So about two hours before, I had already eaten. I miss hanging out there, having like this uh, brilliant food, and uh, I miss Tanya Pura's uh, restaurant sector. Yeah, it's a it's a little uh, it's a little bubble of uh, plant based heaven. So that's uh, that's. It pretty. wasn't when I when I was uh, training there actually not so plant based at the at that time a while ago. But no, I think I think they've made the shift. Uh, about two, three years ago, um, with the with hiring a new chef, uh, Chef Jamie, and he is uh, very much into uh, organic, natural, healthy, plant-based um, eating, and he's uh, he's been amazing in creating what he calls like the symphony of food uh, to make sure that you get all of the nutrients um, and and uh, for us distance runners, that you also get the uh, uh, the calorie counts. Yeah. So it's it's very easy. It's um, uh, I'm I'm very lucky that I, I get to go there and uh, uh, train there and, and coach there um, because it, it's very easy to to I don't have to really have to plan my nutrition because I do try to um, eat plant based and compete plant based. Um, and uh, that's been been doing that for about five years now. Um, so it's uh, it's 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 become first it was a very conscious effort, and I I had to um, I had to adjust to it a little bit. But now it's now it's second nature. And um, yeah, even in the la in last year's UTN 100, uh, they um, at the aid stations they they just they didn't have any plant-based foods if you got to the to the aid station and it was oh do you want uh, uh, chicken soup or do you want uh, um, do you want rice pork pork and rice and I was like I'll, I'll just have the rice <laughs> uh, and then they were, and they were really shocked like they were like oh we have to give this runner something because he's we only have rice and I said no it's fine it's fine you, you learn to you learn to I make sure that you what you bring is is nutritious enough to supplement something. Right? So this is a special message. If uh, Kunsuit is listening to this podcast, Kunsuit, <laughs> please prepare the Kaunio Mamwang next time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Now I have to say, at the finish line, that was it was perfect, right? So, but it was just there was some some of the checkpoints along the way uh, that just didn't have any. And uh, uh, so I ended up eating uh, white rice. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think if you if you eat pork, it will it will be hard to keep going. You know. Yeah. That will that that, that will leave me at the aid station for quite a while. Mm. Yeah. Ah, look, you you it's it's your choice, right? When you or, or that's the way I view it. 
it's my choice yeah. to uh, eat a plant-based diet and I can expect uh, every race organizer to uh, accommodate my needs. So if it's, if it's there, great. If it's not, then I have to deal with it. Yeah, you can always find something that fits. Like the rice is, is perfect, actually. Rice is, is amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so talking about the plant-based, so this, we have two topics, and that's why I wanted to ask your advice on that. When I texted you a while ago, do you want to talk about nutrition? Because <laughs> I'm very interested in plant-based. I Actually, nowadays, I eat very, very um, little meat, like mm -hmm. almost never, actually. Mm -hmm. But I'm eating a lot of vegetarian food. I still have eggs, for example. Okay, yeah. Because for me, it's really difficult to feel full, like, if I don't eat eggs or, you know, or something. I don't know. It's probably the brain, you know, the, the habits. So, so when you say, like, it's hard to feel full, mm. are you talking about calories? Are you, are you, do you feel that you don't have enough calories because you do because you have so, such a high calorie expenditure? You you run so much. I feel hungry. You feel hungry, right? So you feel like you can eat all day. Yeah, exactly. I'm eating all day, or I'm eating too much uh, rice or too much bread, um, which is not either. You know, yeah. Too much of those. Okay. I'm I... eating veggies, and then I have a toilet break. Uh, too much toilet break as well. Yes, yes, you do get more bowel movements <laughs> because we you consume more um, more volume of food, but your food is less is less calorie dense, right? And that's um, how do you fuel your workouts? How do you fuel your races when uh, it is uh, plant based? My races. Um, so for my races, for the longer races, uh, so generally if it's not, if it's anything under a, a marathon, um, or up to the marathon distance, I rely on, on gels and like my normal eating pattern, um, during the week. I don't change anything, uh, because we, I think we, we already have enough reserves, right? And, uh, um, and I might, might do a little bit of carb loading, but not, not too much, um, so I try not to deviate from my from my normal normal diet. But for the ultras, uh, what I usually bring is uh, salted uh, potatoes. Um, uh, I, I try if there's a if there's a place where I can have a drop back, then I try to have uh, what I really like are salted potatoes and lentil salad. Um, because the lentils are, are quite easy to um, uh, to transport and to, to take into the salad. And actually, I can take them a day before, um, leave them at the drop bag, and they're still really, really good um, if, uh, if I get there in the next morning or something. And, and I find that lentils give me a lot of energy. Like same like chickpeas and um, uh, yeah, all the legumes. They give me uh, they give me quite quite a bit of energy, um, and they also account for a lot of the protein, uh, so that's that's good as well. Um, and then my my the fuel that I carry is not very much different from what I from 
Um, others is just uh, energy gels, and um, I like gummy bears. So, <laughs> so I, I bring uh, I bring gummy bears. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're completely plant based. Um, so that might be my one. Uh, they use uh, gelatin from pork. Yeah, I think so. Um, so. So I have to have put a little asterisk next to my name if I if I say that it's, it's completely uh, completely plant based. Maybe not, but uh, but yeah, definitely minimal. But yeah, my what I what I put in my in, in my camel bag is 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 probably the same as any other runner. Um, it's just that the the bars are plant based and the gels are um, uh, plant based. Yeah, I think it's also getting used, getting used to the, that's what we talked about a while ago already, that you have to get used to eat, you have to get used to what you bring with you during the race. Yeah. I guess, yeah, exactly, so this is super important to train the guts to yes. absorb what you have in your, in your hydration bag. Yeah. I don't know about about you, but I, I I see or I hear a lot of the a lot of the runners uh, ask about uh, GI uh, gastrointestinal issues uh, on the run, and especially when it's uh, 50k and over, they go like, "Oh, I I feel like my stomach's getting upset," um, and I think it's because we don't train. Uh, well enough how we are going to fuel our bodies during the during the race during the event so practicing your nutrition is is i think one of the one of the most important things that you can do in probably the, the two three weeks leading up to the race um, and we know that the the inner lining of our uh, our intestines get those cells get get renewed, right? Like that's what when I, when we spoke about the bowel movements before, uh, those the cells on on the in, on the lining of your intestines they die off, and you you excrete them. Um, so you you basically every 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 week I believe um, you you renew the inner lining of your intestines, and so you kind of need to teach your um, your. Your, your intestines, how to absorb the food. Um, yeah. So it's a really good chance of, let's say, if I was going to join you in a, in a race in, in Japan, um, then I would probably, in the two, three weeks before flying over there, I would start to eat um, more rice or more, uh, more of a, uh, a diet that I would likely in, uh, encounter when I'm at the race in in the country, and if you're doing the same, well, nobody's traveling at the moment. But um, if 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 you had a race back in Europe, or I know that I'll have to eat like, more potatoes or something. Yeah, you. We don't need the same thing according to the race, according to the profile of the race, and even the, yeah, the profile of the race is also important for what yeah. you're gonna eat. Yeah. So what what is your what does your camelback look like? Oh, I am making myself. I am making my own uh, my own nutritions, and for me, it's really simple. Actually, I mix. Um, I made almond balls, mm -hmm. and I dip it in uh, very dark chocolate. Yeah, oh, nice. So I have my chocolate almond balls, 
have a small chocolate, uh, you know, the small chocolate uh, bars you can get sometimes with your coffee. Yeah, yeah. I have it. Yeah. A small, like a square of coffee, uh, of coffee, of um, chocolate. Yeah. So I eat chocolate and I eat my almond uh, balls. And that's pretty much it, actually. I eat, then I drink, I, I drink the, I drink sports drink. Mm -hmm. That carbs. Yeah. And this, this is, this is the most important. And the almond balls is just to fill the stomach also, you know, to have a, something the stomach can, uh, can just uh, absorb. But the most important thing is I calculate more or less how much carbohydrates I want to absorb in an hour. And I yeah. have my, uh, my uh, bottles actually my fluid carbs fluid bottles yeah and those uh, new generation actually mixed like the tailwind or something like this mm -hmm. they mix very well the components such as a uh, glucose and fructose so you can absorb even more carbs than what was recommended like years ago like 60 gram per hour yeah you know, you, we talked about it. This was the limit at the time they think that we could absorb. Yeah, which is true if you only use one one uh, pathway of absorption, right? And you probably max out at about 60. And you can maximize it if you mix with uh, fructose, for example, up to 90, 90 grams per hour. So I calculate that. And this is my main, uh, my main, uh, I would say not secret, but my main, main menu. Mm. Together with chocolate because I love it. And it give, keeps you full, right? It gives you a full feeling. And it's a bit of a comfort food. Is but so um, when, so this is in the race, but, but earlier you said, like, I feel like when I have to eat a lot, like the whole day, um, uh, because because I eat a lot of volume of food, but there's not that many calories. So in the race, you you don't you you are going to go calorie deficient. You know, like, do you know how much calories you take in and how much you burn? Or? It much depends on the race, actually. The the, the, the course, mm. and I don't calculate it that I I, I made a general like. Okay, I need at least to refill those about uh, 90 grams per hour of carbs. That's your metric. Yeah, I don't want to make it rocket science either. Otherwise, you know, it's just yeah. too I think I, I think I made a, I made a, or I know I made a mistake um, in the, the Half Marathon de Sable um, last year when mm -hmm. I calculated calories, uh, so this was the self-sufficient race, right? Where we have to, a uh, four-day stage race where you have to carry everything. So you had to plan out your, your, your meals and I'd calculated that I would need probably about four to four and a half thousand calories per day. Um, uh, and the organization recommended at minimum that you took t 2,000 calories per day. You, you got penalized if you uh, couldn't show that, that you had more than 2,000 calories per day. But there were a lot of runners that, that took the bare minimum. 
so they took maybe 2,200 calories. And um, to me, that was like, I, I couldn't believe that. I thought, like, well, you're, how, how can you race for four days if you're only taking in 2,200 calories per day? Um, that's going to leave you very, very tired and fatigued and empty uh, on, on day four. Um, I think I overdid it because with four and a half thousand, my bag was very heavy. And so on, on day one was a complete struggle. Um, and, but I, I noticed that, that during the four days, my, my uh, performance improved. And on the last day, the last day was my very best day comparatively because a lot of the other runners started to fade. Um, because they just simply didn't have enough calories. Um, so I brought too much. I know, I know that. Like I didn't, I couldn't consume. I, I just couldn't eat more than four and a half thousand calories uh, during the day because also because it was hot and it was like I, and the type of food and stuff like that. Um, but I think I wonder if I had, uh, if I'd used the the idea of just counting carbohydrates, just making sure that I get my carbohydrates for the day um, and base it on the race like that. Maybe I would have actually uh, gotten, uh, taken less and probably be more in the range of what I, what I would actually use during that day. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of, bit of both, right? Like on the race day, if you, you can calculate your carbohydrates and make sure that the glycogen levels stay up. Or you can say, I'm going to take an overall approach and say, I, I need to have this many calories and I, I'm not so concerned with where they're coming from. Yes, it's hard to get it right for a multi-days like this, right? It's like you need like a few races maybe to find what is good for yourself. Actually. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. But it was a nice experience. It was good. It was good to notice. Like I, I bring, I brought too much. So that was. Whereas when I looked at it, my bag was quite small, and I thought, "Wow, I, if this is what I'm going to eat for four days. Um, that's never going to be enough." But it, it, it turned out to be that it was, uh, yeah, more than enough actually. Yeah, it's a good experience actually. That's nice to share actually. That's really important. And. And the frequency also, the frequency that, uh, I think this is also important, the frequency, uh, the intake frequency. When do you take it? I am very strict with the frequency. Because in, in the race. Yeah, because uh, at the beginning, we are already full of energy because we had uh, our carbo loading. Some people have a carbo loading. Some people have a heavy breakfast. So everyone has a strategy. But we are not hungry at the beginning. So we don't eat, we have yeah. a tendency to get the excitement of the race to eat. But I'm so systematic that since the first hour, my uh, watch is beeping, beep, and I know I should, um, I should eat. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, and so you mentioned that, but, and I only recently heard that, that, that there's people who will run um, UTMB, uh, and start with a very full stomach, <laughs> um, and I, 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 can, I don't think I can do that. I, 
they, they, and they, they, they say that they're like, they're uncomfortable for the first two hours because they're digesting uh, and the food, but then they have an advantage over runners like you and I. So if we start, yes, we're, we're carb loaded and our glycogen stores are full, but we, but we're still, I, I, I never eat a lot before the race. Um, and and I, I, would, I would think that if I have a full stomach, I, I wouldn't feel like I was, I wouldn't, I would feel too heavy. I don't think I would, I would run well, but the idea obviously is if you, if you're going on a 24 hour race, then you can start with a full stomach because then you're going to digest and you'd only have to eat like two hours later. Whereas you, like you said, like you read, you eat on the hour, every, every hour your watch beeps and then you, you, you take your almond, uh, uh, your almond balls and, uh, and your chocolate. Yeah. I think it's actually, I am not a um, sports scientist, but I, I really think that if you consume what you burn, you tr if you try to consume what you burn at this moment, the body is getting more power efficient. Hmm. Well, we know we know we, we can we we simply can't. You probably burn about eight thousand calories in a, in in a hundred kilometer run, and I. I can't eat 8,000 calories. Uh, we will never, we will never, but we need to eat systematically at, uh, I think the best optimal way is to eat, if you can do that every 30 minutes. Yeah, okay, so that's what you try to do. You try to eat on the hour, you get a reminder on the hour, and then you try and just be systematic. Whether or not you're hungry or not, you try to eat something. Yes, and this is will and this will actually avoid fatigue to, towards the end of the race after the 50k, 530k, to 100k. This will really save your life. Yeah, starting from hour one. Yes, this yeah. saves your life. Yeah. And this, for me, this is as important as my training plan, as my training every day training. Right. I will. Uh, it happened to me at the CCC. I passed an extremely fast runner here, a New Zealand, uh, a guy from New Zealand, who is extremely fast. And I passed him at kilometer 60, and he was suffering. He couldn't eat. He was vomiting. He was not good. Oh. So you see, he's much faster than me, but still, I, I finished two hours before him. Because he didn't fuel properly, he couldn't. He couldn't keep uh, his food down. Yeah. So you see, train the guts. Train the guts to absorb. And um, I think also what uh, I recommend to people is training that during the long runs. You know, the long runs. Some people they forget to bring anything to eat yeah. during the long runs. They yeah. just go and run, and that then they go for a, a heavy heavy meal after the, the run. Well, this is also not the perfect uh, idea for a long run. No. It depends on the length, but if it's more than 90 minutes, then you will need to refuel. If you want to get all the benefits, the muscular benefits and the adaptation benefits, you really need to fuel at least something every every hour or every half an hour. 
especially if you're training to run six or seven or ten hours, right? If you if you know that that's what you're training, because maybe we can do. You can do ninety minutes on an empty stomach. You can do. You can maybe push and make it a two-hour run. And I know, I know, I've experimented with that, uh, like running on running on an empty stomach and try and see if you can identify the point where you hit the wall and then and then have to keep going. Um, that. Uh, but that, that you can do that maybe if it's a, a maximum three-hour effort. Um, but if you, like you say, if you, if you train to do CCC or if you train to do like a 100-miler 100, 100 or 100-kilometers, um, you're, I like what you said, you're going to pay for not eating in the first hour in the last hour. Absolutely, and also, and also, well, if you want the workout, as you said, you had your breakfast this morning, this uh, the vegan croissant and things. If you don't use the fuel, the proper um, fuel during the workout or before during the workout, I think the meaning of the workout is isn't isn't there. If mm -hmm. you want to train fast, you need to have that stock. To allow your muscles, your body, your brain to work together to get that speed you need. Yeah, yeah. If you so, go long, also the same thing. If you go long, you need to refill the muscles because you need to think about the training the next day. Yes. If you don't eat and feed, the damage, the muscle damage will not take you to the next workout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As as. You're unnecessarily taxing the body if you are not fueling it properly and doing the same, doing the hard workout. Exactly. Imagine, and imagine a croissant before a workout is just heaven. <laughs> it's, it's free food. It's a food you will just burn quickly, and it's uh, you know like it's, it's it's a free treat. Yeah, it's a free treat, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, you when and then when you said like I feel like when I try to. Eat, move more towards plant-based. I feel that I'm eating all day. Um, one of the first things that you said that that's I, that's that's a given for me now. I I don't that that is very true. I eat almost. Uh, like, I think they call it grazing um, when you're. <laughs> it's like whenever I can have something, I I I, I eat. You have a biscuit here. I can see the biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biscuit is finished. <laughs> yeah, so so something like that. I'll have a biscuit, um, and I'm not. I I don't have to be. Um, how do you say? I don't have to. I don't have to worry about it because the this is this is what I will say for people who want to transition to a more plant based diet in their in their ultra running. I didn't find. Uh, it any very difficult to select the right foods, and I I never feel like I'm deficient in one of the food groups or one of the amino acids or something. I, I I've never I've never experienced that because I think if you eat a variety of foods that you'll have it anyway, 
the, the biggest problem moving to a, a plant-based uh, uh, diet is that you have to just eat more. And um, that I've, sometimes I find it difficult to eat the volume of food. I look at my plate and my plate is like my, my, my daughter's joke. And they, they, they say, Daddy, your, your plate looks like a volcano because it's just stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and it's just a lot of food, a lot of volume of food um, because the, calorie, the calories are just simply not, uh, not that high. So will carbs play, how much, what is the ratio of carbs you are eating, for example, an average mm -hmm. ratio of carbs during the day as compared yeah. to vegetable foods? Yeah, good question. Like I've never, I've never um, measured it. Like I, I've never, I've never actually tracked it. But I would say it's. I eat a lot of carbs, um, so I think it's probably in the area of seventy percent carbs, twenty percent um, uh, fat, and ten percent protein. And then the protein usually comes from like a combination of beans and grains. So that you get, uh, because that, the, here's the question that I oft, most often get now, because I think people are pretty educated already. They understand that they can get the right ratio of the macronutrients, of the, of the fats and the, and the carbs and the protein. Um, but then I get a more sophisticated question where they say, like, well, how do you make sure that you get all of the essential amino acids? Um, and because there's no, not one, Apart from tempeh, I think there's not one uh, complete source of amino acids um, in 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 plants. But I don't really see that as a problem because there's my all my dishes are made up of different types of ingredients. So as long as I combine like legumes with grains, um, if I have a quinoa salad with chickpeas. Uh, mixed into it, then I'm already, I, I already have a full palette of amino acids. Um, or if I, if you have a, um, like a Mexican dish, right, like like beans and rice, um, then you 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 already have uh, all of the essential amino acids uh, that you would need. Um, probably higher quality than the meat, for example. Come again. Probably in a higher quality than you can get in a, in animal products. Like the maybe, yeah. maybe I, I don't know. I, for me, the biggest benefit of um, being plant-based is that um, I feel there's uh, that my recovery is much faster. Um, so the the body spends less time digesting the food and using energy to digest the food and starts more using the energy towards recovery of, uh, of muscle tissue. Um, so that's, that's definitely, that, that would, I would say that's the main benefit for me um, as, an, as an athlete, eating a plant-based diet. Um, and, and then the other ones are obviously because, uh, well, there's an environmental factor and there's a, an animal welfare factor, but they are, they're, for me, they are additional. And, uh, and increasingly more important, but not, um, but not the main reason for me to move to plant-based. The main reason for me to move to plant-based is to, to treat my body 
the best way I can think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I eat. I also, what, what, what I love for recovery is the, those red beans. Okay, yes. So that's, that's it. I think that, that you touch on something like, uh, I think it's called bio-individuality, right? And you might react really, really well to red beans, and they might have the sort of pectin, they might have sort of the, 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 the elements, uh, the amino acids that you tend to be, that your body tend to, tends to lose quite quickly. And then so you crave those type of foods, right? And, and it's, nice to, it's nice to really try and taste like, what am I, what am I, what do I want, right? Like I mentioned lentils before. I could eat, I could eat lentils, I can eat pasta all day, <laughs> and I can, eat, I can eat lentils all day. I really do think that there's something in lentils that really, like, restores the energy in my body um, that I do not feel with some of the other uh, foods. So, for instance, red beans... I don't really, I don't really rate them very much. I think, I think, I think okay. they're nice. There is a lot in Japan. It's easily available. You can buy, you know, that um, the red beans in, inside the bread. Yeah. So if you're lazy, but, you can just have this red um, red bean breads. Yeah, and there's there's another that's another good example of a legume combined with a grain um, or white bread in this kind in this case where you even that very simple combination already gives you um, uh, most likely the, the I don't know the exact breakdown but it most likely gives you the complete amino acids in a very easy and a cheap way right right, right? well that's the other thing I could say a lot of the a lot of the foods that are really really healthy for us are very inexpensive yeah, I got like I was doing the grocery just before talking to you, and I bought some uh, veggies I have never seen in my life before here in Japan, because I'm in the mountain, so they have like a kind of leaves. Mm. I was like, what? Please, what? It looks healthy, so I I will buy, <laughs> and I will make a random salad with that. You know, adding some tofu and just like trying things randomly and taking also taking what is local. Okay. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah, because this is something I would like to, I wanted to ask you to talk about, um, because you've recently made a uh, very much of an effort to um, cut back on single-use plastic, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what was the trigger for that? And how easy is it for you to um, reduce your, your plastic use? almost impossible in Japan. And I, I got into it because I saw that difference between all the countries I have seen in Japan. In Japan, everything, every single thing is packed. Otherwise, people will not buy. Hmm. Packaging, packaging is a key in this country. Hmm. So getting something without packages is almost impossible. And people think that you are just a, an alien when you ask, I don't want this plastic. And it's not so. We always, in Thailand here. I always we always ask not to put it in a plastic bag. Um, uh, but that's you're saying like that's not the case. 
Uh, and like even the individual groceries are already packed in plastic. Even the small producer on the road and everything, they packed it. So uh-huh. I found a grandma near where, where I am living now. I found a grandma and that grandma I understood perfectly. And she, she was packing everything. She, she went to, to, check, to take a newspaper. She was wrapping everything in a newspaper. Ah, the newspaper is compostable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's a step in the right direction. So it, and, and all those products, so the local products, are the best source of nutrients, mm-hmm. more than the animal processed food that you find that are like full of antibiotics and all mm. Yeah. Yeah, if you, so if you, this is me quoting uh, uh, Chef Jamie uh, from Tangipura. He says, if you take the Ayurvedic idea of food, then, then the plant is alive. The plant has a life force, uh, and just like an animal has. And then if you cut it, then you need to, uh, then it starts to lose its life force. So freshly cut produce are obviously better than um, than the ones that even even the ones you buy in the grocery store they may have already traveled um, quite a distance and from to the wholesale market and back and so yeah if you can buy more locally then more guaranteed to be fresh right yes and this is if exactly what you said if you buy locally and if it's fresh you are getting all your vitamins and all those athletes asking what supplements are you taking I said, well the supplements are in the in my fridge in my you know in my yeah. in, in my shopping bags those are the nutrients I'm taking. yeah invest more money in buying organic product and good product and less money in buying the i don't know these vitamins coming from china or i don't know what that i met from you know? yeah yeah. However, we do, I would say, all but one thing. We do, so as a family, we do supplement B12. And I've, I have never been B12 deficient um, because I get my blood tested uh, yearly. Um, and I've never been, uh, even bef- before we were uh, plant-based, I've uh, uh, I've never been um, uh, deficient, but I, we just made sure that with once a week, just uh, um, a little bit of a B12 supplement, um, that we stay, we stay that way. Uh, B12 once a week? How, how do you take B12 once a week? So we have a little... Um, uh, with a little flask and uh, where it's you, you it's, it's the syringe. It's kind of like a syringe. So you take you, t- you take three millimeters, uh, three milliliters of uh, uh, like a red fluid, and it, it has B12 in it. Um, so that's that's the only supplement that we take, um, and I doubt that I need it, but um, uh, it's it's just one of those things things that if if the science is unclear on it, um, if you should take it or not, then and if it's no harm, then I'll then I'll take. It. Um, if if there is any studies out there that say well vegans are completely uh, uh, completely uh, B twelve, um, they don't have to uh, supplement it, then I'll stop doing it. But 
until then, I, just, I think the, the prevailing idea is to supplement it. Yeah, at least the, what is the risk? It's, the risk is it's useless, that's it. Yeah. The only risk is being useless. That's yeah. not the real risk. No, exactly. And how will you how will you do after a workout um, recovery? Like how to recover after a workout? What is what is your practice? Usually, um, a smooth like a, a juice. Um, and we we also make a lot of we make a lot of smoothies in the morning, but we also make a lot of juice. Um, so some something fruit, something sweet. Uh, and um, and then, like I said, I I, I kind of eat all day long, <laughs> yeah. so I I don't see it as oh I'm eating this as a recovery of my uh, of my workout. It's just I feel hungry, so I'll I'll eat. Mm. Yeah, so I have no special recovery, no no uh, no muscle milk. <laughs> no 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 uh, no chocolate milk or like. The, Vegan, uh, uh, vegan protein shake or something. Uh, although they're out there, I don't, I don't use them. Um, yeah, I don't. Until now, I don't feel that I need them. And again, it's individual, so that's why we should all explore what is good for us and listen to our body. What are you craving for? You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Can we? Oh wow, we have been long on this topic. So. Do we switch to the next topic quickly? Yeah, and um, it was that this was really nice to talk to you about the about food and how do we train to make sure that we stay and treat our bodies well enough. Uh, and then our next topic that we said was let's um, let's talk about how our bodies are inevitably getting older, and does that mean that you have to necessarily be slower, right? Or can we somehow magically find something that makes us as fast as a 25-year-old? No, even more. As we said, uh, we talked about it last week when we had a little chat. and We are getting more clever with training. Yeah. And don't make the mistake as a 20-year-old yeah, exactly. The, the new, the new, new athletes full of energy and in search of secret training. I did that. I did a lot of secret training. You know? Right, 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 right. Especially when I was training triathlon in Tanyapura. I, actually, I'm gonna, I'm going to pause the the recording now. Okay, uh, I'll just stop this one.